Hi guys, it's your girl Booney and you're listening to episode 15 of the Booney Breakdown podcast. Today I have the homie Nayasha here and we're going to talk about all things mental health. Yes, mental health, it's important. Uh, last week's episode, the feedback has been great. Uh, thanks for telling us that you thought the episode was funny. Um, and y'all know a bitch loves Rihanna. Like, I did not even plan for us to stand out for 15 minutes on Riri. But hey, what are you going to do? I am a card-carrying member of Rihanna's Navy. So that's what y'all going to get sometimes. Expect more in the future. <laughs> but uh, it pays when you give me feedback because I can make tweaks. I can make adjustments to the podcast. I can make it better for my dope-ass listeners, which are you guys. So thanks for sending the feedback. Uh, when you share the Booney Breakdown podcast on Instagram and Twitter, be sure to use the hashtags pod in hashtag P O D I N and hashtag the Booney Breakdown. Um, it's a few, I think maybe one or two blog posts up on the site. So go check those out. The If you haven't been, it's time for my other weekly ask for you guys. Just keep sharing, sharing, sharing. Um, go on iTunes, rate the podcast, write a review. Um, you can send feedback also to the Breakdown at gmail.com. But you got to let me know. Otherwise, I have no idea. Um, this week's podcast isn't ratchet, you know. I like to be multifaceted with you guys. So it's not always ratchet. But y'all know I can go there, so don't test me. But we, uh, this week's podcast is a lot of vital information that everyone can find helpful about mental health. So that's it, guys. So let's get ready to break it down. Hi, guys. It's your girl, Booney. And today we're talking about mental health and self-care and all of that good stuff and with me i have nyasha chikaware hey girl hey how are you i'm doing great i'm here to talk good. about Thank- i'm excited yeah. yes mental health it's so important um i think i've mentioned on the podcast before that um i go to therapy not all the time, but I go. I have therapists in my phone. <laughs> That's amazing. Kudos to you. So can you tell us your background? I know you were a counselor in a university, um, and you told me you were back in school. But can you give us some of your professional background before we dive into it? So funny story. I initially started out as a communications major in undergrad. Um Shout out to Claflin University, Orangeburg, South Carolina. And then (laughs) after that, I actually decided I wanted to pursue psychology, which was also, I mean, it was always a dream of mine, but I went to uh, do print journalism. So after undergrad, I pursued a degree in psych from University of Baltimore. So I got a master's in applied psychology. And right after that, I got a job with University of Maryland, Baltimore, and I became a licensed um, professional mental health counselor in Baltimore City Schools through University of Maryland. So I actually worked with children and adolescents in public schools for almost seven years. Um, So I did a lot of individual group and family therapy. Um, And then recently I enrolled in a doctoral program for clinical psych So I'm getting my PsyD. It's a five-year program, so I have a good little break uh, where I won't be practicing uh, full-time, but I'll be back kind of in, you know, academic mode and doing externships and internships and such, kind of trying to hone my skills and transition from counselor to psychologist, which I know we're going to talk about too. So so that's my brief background. Mm-hmm. five-year program whoo how when yeah. did you start you just said you just started <laughs> so year one is about done yay <laughs> congrats yeah <laughs> oh it's that sounds like a, 
Well, that's good. That sounds like a haze, though. It's actually relaxing compared to being in the field, um, (laughs) which is funny. But um, but it's a good haze. So we'll say that. Well, I'm going to start off there since you said that, because you said you worked with children and adolescents in the school system. So how as a like a counselor, a therapist, how do you not take that home with you? Like how like you're you want to help your patients, but maybe some of the stuff, if it's someone's talking about a lot of trauma, how does that not wear on you like as a person? Um, Well, I'm not going to lie. I think my first year was the most difficult, which I think is anytime anyone's going from full-time academic mode into their first job, because it was my first official job, I think that's going to take a toll on you. But also having to deal with, like you said, hearing about trauma and then being in a school setting, which if you've ever walked into a school, it's usually mayhem. (laughs) from like eight to four. Um, So just dealing with all those things, I think my first year was that big trial run where you try to figure out how can I cope? How can I do this better? So it definitely was a tough year and I was sick all the time too from working with the little babies and their germs. But um, (laughs) I think I just learned to shut off because I had a commute from Baltimore to like the DC area. So I had a good hour in the car where I could just decompress and forget about the day and switch to home mode. So just like little techniques like that, like the drive and then getting home and either working out or watching a favorite TV show or like laying on the couch, (laughs) taking a nap. I did a lot of that. Um, So I think that's one thing as a therapist, I definitely took seriously was self-care because I knew I couldn't go back the next day and help anyone's child if I was stressed or if I was depressed or, you know, traumatized myself. So. Makes sense. But I've always wondered that. Yeah. Like what do therapists do after they listen to this all day long? Right. <laughs> but I noticed, like After a while, just like, you know, people who are EMTs or even people who are doctors, I mean, they see blood every day. And after a while, you just get desensitized. (laughs) Like whatever your field is, I think you just get used to it. You learn how to deal with it and you get desensitized to some of the stress that comes with it. Because if you don't, I mean, you end up quitting (laughs) or you just can't function. Like I couldn't have done six years if I just, if I couldn't hear certain things that I was hearing. Because I heard a lot. (laughs) And had to witness a lot. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. So I think... (laughs) I think to start, if we could break down for people what the difference between um, like a clinical social worker, therapist, versus a counselor, versus a psychiatrist, versus a psychologist. I don't think people know because I sometimes... I think... Yeah, so your therapist was most likely a social worker. They're usually LCSWCs um, or LGSWCs, depending on their training. So social work is actually one of the older fields. Um, So it's very different from counseling because social workers, they add on a little bit more than what a therapist would do. They are usually like in community agencies, you know, like the typical stereotype is they go door to door. Go, they go door to door because um, that's what they used to do. They were on the ground and talking to people and showing up at people's houses and doing community work. So social gotcha. workers gotcha. are similar to therapists, but not all social workers do therapy. So in their training, some of them just train to do community work, but they don't actually conduct any type of therapy. Gotcha. So in schools, though... Because I work in schools, they'll actually work more so with the special ed population. Um, whereas therapists, we have a different type of training, and it's a younger field than social work. And we can call ourselves therapists or counselors. So those are the people that you see with like LCPC or LPC in um, in certain regions. I think sometimes they're LMHC for licensed mental health clinician. 
So that's a therapist. Um, so they do therapy, individual group, family. Um, so it's similar to social work, but not really. And then we have psychiatrists and they actually get more um, medical training. So they actually do like a year of med school or something. I may be wrong, but I know that they have some med school components to them because okay. they'll be prescribing medications. So they're the people you go to if you're seriously interested in medicine and they do a minimal amount of therapy. Although I've known some great psychiatrists who do a lot of therapy, but for the most part, they're really helping people with their medication management. And then mm. psychologists are doing a combination of therapy and they're also doing assessments. And in some cases, um, I've heard recently, some of them are being allowed to prescribe medication. I don't know the details on that yet, but I know that it's been an ongoing conversation. So, but if you are looking for medication, it's a psychiatrist. Psychologists, they provide intensive therapy, family group, individual assessments. So they kind of give you the full picture. Therapists aren't allowed to do assessments. And when I talk about assessments, I mean, like testing your IQ and personality tests and stuff like that. Oh, maybe I want to try a psychologist. I mean, that would be a good option. Yeah, because I don't think I... You know, like what the price (laughs) is, but they will give you you the full, you know, picture of who you are. Yeah. You know, the medication. So... But therapists, we do use other measures and stuff to help you. But psychologists use the serious assessments. Yeah, I had, um, you know, I changed therapists. And I, mean, I was going to ask a question about that later. But my therapist, like, she would give homework assignments. <laughs> and sometimes it's like read a book or blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't, she wouldn't do assessments of my personality etc so i'm kind of curious about that maybe i should look up a psychologist give that a try next (laughs) yeah i'm sure she could also just refer you out if you wanted to keep your therapist and just get assessments done elsewhere but still see her that's an option too that's worth looking into so for someone who's like new to this who who's never um gone to therapy or checked into doing more extensive mental health care what would be a few like your top three tips you would tell someone in picking a therapist or some type of mental health practitioner um I think definitely think about who you are and who you're comfortable talking to um I know when I personally have thought about therapists I knew that I wanted to talk to a woman And I preferred that she was a minority woman just because I thought she could relate a little bit better. Um, So, you know, think about who you're comfortable talking to because everyone isn't comfortable talking to everybody. And I guess that's number one. Number two, um, think about whether you have insurance or not (laughs) because, uh, you know, it's not free all the time. That's key. How much money do you have? Um, But a good resource for me or anyone that I've talked to is psychologytoday.com. They actually have a section on the site that says find a therapist. And it's super easy. They give you like all the insurance plans so you can click and filter who you're looking for and what you're looking for. So at least it'll narrow down the type of people that you want. Um, the third thing I think I would say too is think about how committed you are to the process. So I think the common misconception is that I'm going to go to a therapist tomorrow and everything's going to be fine after a session. And you may be in therapy for a year, you know, like it's, it doesn't, it's not going to, everything isn't going to resolve itself just because you went to a therapist. Like you said, your therapist assigns homework. And one thing as a therapist is having a committed client. How how into changing are you? Are you going to read the book or are you just going to say, I went to therapy and I'm good? So definitely assess your level of commitment, how much you really want to resolve whatever issue you're going for. 
because if you're not ready, there's no one who's going to actually push you into being ready, but, but yourself. So, so yeah, that's true. Those are my and three magic tips. It's funny, it's funny you said that about um, one minority, minority woman. Um, Cause I was dealing with the issue. I felt like I was dealing with parental issues. And so I sought out a white, therapist because (laughs) I feel like white people don't hold their parents with the same reverence that black people do (laughs) so I felt like a black therapist wouldn't help me through those issues the way that I needed to so normally I'm all about female minority you mentioned insurance are there resources for people who don't have insurance or who are low income, how they can find um, some mental health coverage? Yeah, I think I'm not as familiar. I mean, I think every state has different agencies. So just like if you're looking for birth control or, you know, gynecological services, you go to a Planned Parenthood. Um, There's community agencies that do offer um, I, I'm not going to say free, but I know that it's going to be more affordable than going to, you know, the $100 an hour therapist. And there are some therapists who offer um, sliding scales. And I know that there are quite a few therapists and psychologists who offer pro bono services. So it's just one of those things where you just kind of have to ask what people offer. Because I know there are people who are required to take on free clients and some people that's just something that they require for themselves and offer that depending on your income. So you could still use like a psychology today and um, call one of those people and say, hey, do you offer a sliding scale or do you offer pro bono services? If not, community agencies are definitely the way to go. I also have kind of a weird practice in that I change my therapist like every two to three years. Not sure if that's strange or normal practice, but it is something that I do. Can I, can I ask you why? Um, I, I felt, I don't know if it's been, I don't know if it's me being crazy or, <laughs> but I feel like I plateau after a while. And I feel like I need like a new interjection of thought. Well, I think that that's great that you're aware of that. I mean, (laughs) that's some great self-awareness from you. Um, I don't think it's weird. I think you should do whatever makes you feel good. It's different if you're just switching from therapist to therapist looking for someone to tell you what you want to hear. But if it's just to get new thoughts and get a breath of fresh air in your therapy experience. I don't think that there's an issue. I like your answer. As long as it's working for you, giving you what you need, then I think it's good. Yeah, I always (laughs) wanted to ask somebody that, like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you're a good therapist now. (laughs) So, one, um, one last question. I'm trying to find my handwriting. This is terrible. Um, before we get to the real fun stuff. Um, but if there's someone like, okay, if you're getting prescribed like medication from a psychiatrist, this actually came in a question from a reader. But if you're getting prescribed medication by a psychiatrist, do you have to like tell that on a job application? If it, I didn't think you had to disclose mental health issues, but I honestly don't know. Like, kind of like, you know how you disclose um, physical disabilities? Right. Well, she, I, I wasn't too much aware. I mean, I've seen that on applications, but apparently that's something that you should be disclosing. Oh, they want to know. So just like you kind of tell your job if you have any ailments or any disabilities they should know about. If you're on uh, psychotropic medications or anything from a psychiatrist, they want to know if they should be prepared for any side effects or anything going wrong with that medication, from my understanding. 
Oh, so I guess I don't think it's something they should be afraid of disclosing, but I think it's more so for emergency health purposes versus we want to know if you have a condition, you know. Yeah, so I guess cuz I mean I guess right not to disclose. So yeah, I guess I just never heard of that, but in the explanation you gave, that makes sense. I guess the person should use their own discretion or search whatever is going on in their state or with that particular company because, I mean, there could be situations where the person, that person who asks may run into an issue or may not show up to work for a reason related to that and you know, it looks good that you told them in advance versus them finding out after the fact. So I guess it depends on how well, I hope feel that about it. Yeah, I hope that answers their question. But I had never even thought about that. All right. So I want to get to something really interesting that, or at least I find interesting because Black people have this really interesting uh, stigma around going to therapy they just don't do it <laughs> or they don't do it enough no well I will share a funny story well not a funny one but interesting one um, I actually went to a mental health conversation in DC a few weeks ago uh, hosted by uh, Austin and Victor of Intellectical so shout out to them. And the topic was about mental health. And at least 90% of the black people there have actually accessed a therapist. And it was really mm-hmm. interesting. I was like, oh, wow. So people are going to therapy. And these are people in their 20s and 30s. I think part of it is we don't talk about it enough. And I think also historically we've been traumatized to not want to go to the doctor or to talk to social workers or to mess with anything in the medical field because it just hasn't been beneficial to our health historically. Not so much now. I'm just speaking in the past, you know, Tuskegee, uh-huh. Henrietta Lacks, et cetera. You have to yeah. connect the dots. <laughs> social workers showing up to houses, grabbing people's babies, you know, it's just been a lot. So I think it's, it's been passed down from generation to generation that that's just not something that we do. And also just the secrecy aspects. And I think I've noticed it a lot as bad as it sounds with, especially like with moms and their kids who have been molested. They, they hear these stories of their children having these issues and this traumatic experience. And they say, well, don't tell anyone or keep it to yourself, or that's family business, and, you know, kind of brushing it aside. So I think also historically, there's just been this whole, we don't tell strangers what's going on with us. So mm-hmm. it just gets passed down. And I think, I think now I think people are opening up to it more, even though it's not like every black person is like, yay, therapy, I go too, you know, but I think people are more open to talking about their experiences with mental health. No, I would agree. And I'd kind of had to tell someone who I offered, like, I think you could benefit from going to see a therapist. And they were kind of saying that same thing. Like, well, I'm going to tell somebody else my business. And for me, I know one of the reasons why I like to go to therapy is because the person who I'm paying for my therapy, <laughs> they only know me. And so they have no connection to all these people I might talk about when I come to my session. And so I can feel like I can freely say things that I might not be able to say, or they help me work through a conversation that I need to have with someone. So I kind of like the fact that you don't know this person who's sitting across from you. Right. Yeah, I think that's great. But I think the main thing that happens and, you know, people have in my past situations, they'd be like, oh, why don't you go see a therapist? And I think sometimes it just has this negative connotation to it. Like, why? There's nothing wrong with me. Why do I need to go see a therapist? You know, even for someone in mental health to be told, well, why don't you seek therapy? I think it still has that 
that little negative sting to it like oof <laughs> like what are you saying what yeah. are you saying about me am i crazy so i think um, and i think like i think in the conversation you your explanation earlier about the difference between you know a therapist and a psychiatrist and a psychologist like i think people immediately just think a psychiatrist like you're going because you're schizophrenic or you're bipolar and you're going to be prescribed medicine and that's that's like extreme cases but it's like just like you go to the gym to lift up weights and do your cardio like why wouldn't you do something for your mental health as well yeah, I think it's just that just because it, you know, it deals with the internal issues and maybe things that people have suppressed and they're like, oh, mm-mm, you're not going to shrink me. <laughs> <You're not> gonna- <laughs> yeah, like you never know what's yeah. going to be triggered. And I feel like a lot of people just suffer in yeah. silence or we're told, like, if you show emotion, it's weakness and that's you aren't going to survive because you showed a weakness. Yeah. So I mean, it's been heavily ingrained, especially in boys and men. A lot of the boys. Oh God. Yes. I, I love working with boys because like once they start seeing me, they just keep coming back and they're like, Oh my God, I have something to tell you about my feelings. <laughs> but I mean, just like you said, I mean, it's that whole man up, you know, boys don't cry type thing just which is terrible terrible. I've met children who have said I didn't cry at my parents funeral and I've never oh my god how do you function how do you keep going and you know they're just kind of numb to everything and that's just not a good way to be because you know with boys they act out aggressively boys and men when they have Mm -hmm. mental health issues they show it through aggression and violence and, you know, through physical um, activities. But, you know, women, we love to talk. So <laughs> it comes out differently because <laughs> we're taught to. We're taught to emote. We, but for men and boys, it's it's a whole different experience. So I'm saying men need We counseling. do love to talk. <laughs> men. I think they do. And I think another thing with black people in particular is the church and the church has a really heavy hold on uh black people (laughs) and it's all like you know it's always i'm just gonna go talk to my pastor about it well yeah okay (laughs) but (laughs) And it's like you're praying to God for help and help could be, oh, I have amazing insurance that would pay for an amazing right. therapist. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it, it is, it's, it's really interesting um, how much people don't want to talk about emotions or just delve into past issues. But, you know, we'll readily, we'll readily go to a physician and, you know, do what we need to do and take whatever medicine we can't pronounce. But once it comes to talking about who we are and what we've been through, it's just this whole, we don't do that as black people and go to church, talk to pastor, <laughs> you know, go to Bible. Yes. Study. And it's like, essentially like your pastor is a stranger yeah, too. I think. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like, yeah, like, I mean, I also don't go to church like that. So, <laughs> but like, if I went to church, yeah, it's like, unless you're like a deacon or an associate or like really heavily involved in the church, your pastor doesn't know you either. I mean, church, you know, is a great thing. I think it's one of those coping skills that people should definitely utilize or whatever religion that you practice. But I think that there is more to that. You know, there's, just like we go to the doctor and they say work out and eat right, I think mental health is a part of that whole regime and we should all practice those things. And it's not just this one thing is going to get me through, you know. But people love to leave the yeah. mental health piece out. <laughs> and also, I think it's partly because people don't know what mental health is. Um yeah. Which is something I've encountered a lot. People have stopped me in hallways in schools, like, well, what do you do? 
do you just talk to people? Like what exactly is mental health? And I think my, my definition of it is that it's everything. It's how you relate to yourself, the world, um, how you eat, sleep, breathe, <laughs> how you function as a human being. Cause you just never know what could be affecting you that you haven't actually addressed. Cause a lot of people don't know, and I hate to keep rambling, but a lot of mental health issues, whether it be depression or anxiety, it comes out um, through bodily issues, stomach aches, headaches, can't sleep, can't eat. And people are going to the- Can't have sex. Um, But people are going to the doctor thinking it's just, oh, maybe there's something wrong with me physically. But a lot of times mental health issues are manifesting through these physical symptoms. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that like, when you think about dealing with people and relationships and even friendships and people throw this saying out all the time. And I kind of think it's, it's not overused, but it's becoming really cliche when people are like hurt people, hurt people. And I'm guilty of saying it too, but it's like, I do think it's a true statement, especially if you haven't healed or dealt with your personal issues. But like, if you encounter someone who's hurt (laughs) and they hurt you, like, do you think you have any responsibility in trying to help that person seek help? Hmm. That's a deep question. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I've been thinking about that a lot. (laughs) what you're saying because we just say it no i think i think yeah, part I of that is you know the whole hurt people hurt people thing is just about who in that scenario can cope because we can't just be hurting everybody you know what i mean like at what point i think kind of what you're saying do you take responsibility for yourself and your own actions and yes. then at what point do you either disengage from the person that hurt you or like you said, get them to help themselves? I don't know. It is a cliche thing. It's yeah, true, like, but I think it dismisses that people have responsibility for themselves. Well, adults <laughs> have responsibility for themselves. They do. And hurt. I'm like... Hopefully. Like, and then even happens in families where it's like um, you know I just you know my grandmother did this or my mother did this to me so I'm going to do it to you and then I'm going to do it to my kids and it gets passed down and it might not necessarily be healthy behavior but it's just what we've always done kind of thing so not even does it work with like friendships and romantic relationships it affects your family too so it's like you said, like, at what point do you have personal personal accountability to say, you know what, I, I want to kind of break right. this chain. And I think hopefully that's where <laughs> Black people are currently because I'm seeing more awareness. I'm seeing more episodes of Ayanla. I'm seeing... <laughs> oh, I was just about to ask you about her. Why <laughs> Fix my life. <laughs> I love Ayanna Van Zant. You don't even know. She's hilarious. That little side swoop. She's so funny. Like, you know, my favorite, my favorite clip of her was that whole thing with a guy. Well, not, not even that. That was pretty funny, too. But when she was like, you let a penis penetrate your friendship. A penis! Like, and then she like I thought that was like the greatest thing ever I think I have that gift saved on like my home page of my phone she's hilarious (laughs) I don't know how but no but she's hilarious (laughs) that's what I was gonna say like I wonder if like own pays for like post counseling for these people because some of like the, this I don't know if you've watched it recently but it was like that three part episode where the yeah, mother 
you the six daughters. That was like, what the fuck? I think what Ayala is very good at is telling people about themselves and pointing out the real issues. So, you know, getting into that first layer, I don't know, like you said, post-production, how much she actually does with these families. I hope it's more extensive since they have the little, you know, updates after the fact, like this person ended up breaking up with this person and that. So I hope (laughs) they follow up. And I think she has like a camp or something that people go to or retreat outside of that. But I'd have to do more research on that. But have you, do you know, like, I want, is she licensed, like, or is she just someone who can talk um, a good game? She actually has some kind of certification. I think she's a life coach, but I know she's like a Yoruba something or other, like a spiritual teacher. So I don't know. Girl. Okay. Because I did read that she had a, she had a law degree, which I did not okay. know. I mean... She's not using it, but <laughs> yeah, someone told me that. I don't know. I don't know what she's doing, but she, oh yeah, she is a lawyer. I think she's just a life coach, though, which is very, which is another level of some kind of therapy counseling. But they're not licensed clinicians, too. So I know people see life coaches more so for like career and motivation, um, and I guess. They see Ayama. But, um, yeah. Man, I mean, yeah, I I really do feel like some broken people go on her show and they're exposed for ratings because watching that episode, and if you haven't watched that episode, well, it's three parts, you really should. Because I'm like, I don't think that family was healed. No. Um. (laughs) Like, I feel like if they followed up in six months, they would still be in the same exact place. They were messed up. I mean, from the mom down, it was a hot mess. But like I said, I think the positive thing is that it's we're seeing images of black people going to therapy. I think the flip side of it is, you know, like you said, the ratings and it can make a mockery of some people. I mean, she called Nefertiria gutter snipe and that was hilarious, but... (laughs) I'm sure it was probably embarrassing to Nefertiria and I saw the update is that she relapsed and was an alcoholic still so I don't know but um oh no that's terrible now I feel bad for (laughs) laughing you you should feel bad you have been a part of Nefertiria's downfall just FYI and it's funny because i didn't even watch that episode i just saw the commercial it made a good sound bite that they put it in the commercial look at that that was funny but um but there has there's a new show that i actually like on viceland called the therapist where they talk i don't know if you've seen it but they've talked to waka flocka they're talking to young ma um and other hip-hop artists so i think that that's pretty cool that they're what's the it called again on viceland the so they're actually like at least including hip-hop uh people and i think that will um at least engage black people or at least get black people curious about that experience because they actually had like a one good session on there that was that was interesting um So, I'm gonna ask this too, since we're talking about it. What if you're like you're you're very you're still not sold. You've listened to us talk for like the last forty minutes, and you're like, you know what? I don't even still don't think I want to try therapy. Like, what is your take on self help books? Like, do you think they're useful, or they're like a good start to maybe start your mental health journey? that there's nothing wrong with trying whatever you need to that's positive and that'll get you at least thinking about how to fix your issues or where the issues are 
So, I mean, I've never utilized a self-help book myself, <laughs> but um, I wouldn't, <laughs> you know, that was a lot of self, but I wouldn't, you know, be opposed to people reading them or tell someone not to. I don't think everyone is made for therapy or ready to go to therapy. Um, I've been myself and it wasn't something that I did consistently, <laughs> but I think it's whatever can assist you. Some people choose yoga as their therapy. Some people maybe prefer going to group therapy or some kind of group setting where they can talk to people. Um, I know some people are using like mobile apps. I think there's one called Talkspace so that you're not actually going to an office, but you're using the app and typing or maybe video chatting too. I'm not sure. I saw that commercial. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I guess you, that's like a key example of like meeting people yeah. where they are. Everybody's in their yeah. phone. Very much so. So I, I did see that commercial yeah. the other day. So, I mean, there's different options that's if you're not ready to actually walk into an office. I don't think there's, you know, any excuse to not at least be aware of your wellness or at least try to do something to make yourself a better person. So if it's a book, that's great. If it's, you know, yoga or meditation, an app, whatever works for you, I think you should go for it. And you mentioned too, like, how our emotions can affect our health. And everybody, and I mentioned too, like it can make you not perform sexually well. <laughs> but like, have you seen any like, <laughs> like, have you ever done, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Because you just said group therapy. Like, have you ever done like couples therapy, or you've only done like children and adolescents? Done children and adolescents. Now the teenagers tried to get me to have little couples sessions with them. But <laughs> I always shut Teenagers. them because I said, listen, I don't know if you're going to be with this person next week, so I'm not doing this with you. <laughs> but um, it's couples therapy is actually something I've, I'm interested in. And I know it, it can be very complicated. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to ask you like to tell us like a little story um, or something about... <laughs> Like your most like crazy like couples therapy thing you've ever heard. Oh, yeah. But I don't have those stories. Yeah, teenagers doing oh, couples no. therapy. No, they're, is insane. they're on some other stuff. But no, I haven't actually like done well, no, I haven't people have asked me for advice, but I haven't done like real couples therapy in an office. Um I've witnessed some terrible relationships in person. <laughs> And I won't bring my friends out, but you know, I've seen Fair. some bad relationships. But at the end of the day, what it all boils down to is communication. <laughs> I think we all struggle with communication, especially men and women in general. We just communicate very differently. <laughs> and it, it turns into conflict. This so is true. That's why most of those people go to couples therapy. Yeah, you know, I I know a couple that's exploring that option. So I think that was also why it was on top of mind for me. Well, I would say for... But yeah, maybe you should do that. I I would say for that couple, because I've studied aspects of couples therapy, and I think the one thing that most therapists are going to look for is that both partners actually want to be in the relationship. (laughs) And actually want to work on it because sometimes it's just one-sided. So before anyone goes to couples therapy, make sure you talk to your partner and say, do you want to do this? You actually want to work on our relationship and salvaging it? Because if not, don't waste your money. (laughs) Don't waste your time. That might be good advice for someone out there. I hope. I hope you're yeah. listening. <laughs> <Leave> me, girl. 
Not leave him. <laughs> what if she the one trying to? Well, what if he's the one trying well, to fight for her? Uh, leave her, man. <laughs> see, that's what. See. Someone's got to go. Someone's got to go. Relationships are great. All right. So any, no, relationships are a lot of work. And that as well. I I had to take a deep pause. (laughs) Like, I think people, I did. Because like we, it's all fun and it's cute and but then it's like a lot of work on the back end. I think some people forget that I mean, part. You can thank Instagram. And, and then that causes more problems. Because we see these people smiling and we think this looks great. <laughs> I want one too. <laughs> Give mm-hmm. me the mm-hmm. ring. But you're right. Because people only sh- people share yeah, highlight reels. And we have to remember that. So any final thoughts? Um, wow. Therapy is a magical, uh, fantastical thing. Everyone should participate. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, um, I think just if you're stressed out or having issues that aren't going away or you find like you keep running into the same problem, whether it's in a relationship, your job, your family life. I mean, there's nothing wrong with seeking therapy. It's not, it's worth a try. Um, Yeah, black people need to go. (laughs) White people need to go. Hispanic people need to go. Asians need to go. We all need to go. Yes. Everyone should at least commit to a I was going to say C, but... <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> C, that's <laughs> But everyone should go. I think we should all commit to at least going once. Even if it's just to say, I just want to get a mental checkup to see how I'm doing. Because no therapist is going to turn you away. They're going to be excited you're there. And you get to talk about yourself for a full hour. And it's great. It is great. And and you say that I feel like you 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 won't just go one time. Like once you walk in that first time, you'll be back. Because you will it'll be the fastest sixty minutes of your life. (laughs) And then they'll they'll look at their watch, pull out their calendar and say, Okay, when are you free for your next appointment? And next thing you know, you're scheduling another appointment. And then so it's so like once yeah, you go and once. I can also say from a therapist end, um, I've had some great sessions, some tough ones. But at the end of the day, I never leave judging my clients or talking about them or wondering what the heck's wrong with them. <laughs> so I will say like, you know, that's nothing. That's not something you should <laughs> worry about, especially with a good therapist. They're there to help you. They're not there to judge your life. Sometimes they forget at the end of the day what they even talked about with you because they move on to, you know, relaxing and decompressing. And then when you come back, they pick back up and things are fine. So, you know, on the other end, therapists aren't looking at you like you're you're insane because we've heard a lot of stuff. (laughs) But our job is to do they are and it's always it's always so amazing I know I said last thoughts but it's always so amazing in a therapy session how no matter you don't notice it when you walk in a room but how many boxes of tissues are in a therapist's (laughs) office like (laughs) no matter where you sit you're within arm's reach of a box of tissues tissues a lot that's pretty bad I used to give people paper towels (laughs) I think I had that's funny that's all ruffling your tear ducts I had one therapy session I think I cried for like 20 minutes of it 
I wasn't judging you. And I don't even remember. <laughs> oh, I thought you were. But I don't even remember like what she what she said that triggered it. But I couldn't even like calm myself enough to like get the thought out. So I just sat there and cried for 20 minutes. <laughs> and then I gathered myself and we that kept going. Session right there. I actually secretly liked when people cried. Therapy is cool. <laughs> I felt like, oh, wow, we're getting somewhere. <laughs> I knew therapists liked that. It's like, oh, we had a breakthrough. <laughs> but no, I, I think it's a good thing that crying. It does. It does feel like good relief, that's when though. You're most vulnerable. So it's just like, wow, you were vulnerable with me. That's, that's great. I remember one... Uh, client that I had she cried in the first session I was like wow <laughs> you need to be here ma'am <laughs> anyway yeah I don't think I've ever cried in the first one because I'm still like my wall is still up like I don't know if I even like you if I'm gonna right. come back that's very true but usually by the fourth session I've dropped some tears okay so you have you have a whole strategy <laughs> so you have the formula down. I do. I can't show my card in the first session. <laughs> I love it. It's like an audition. Wow. Well, Nayasha, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. This has really been like fun just talking about mental health and black people and all this fun therapy talk. I know, and I'm going to put in the show notes some of the websites you said so people can go check them out. So I think you were a good awesome. resource. And people can, you know, hit me up on Twitter if need be. I always, I've asked, actually answered a few questions about mental health on Twitter in my DMs. So that's been nice. But uh, you can find me at Nyasha M. Uh oh, you're about to be a Twitter uh, therapist. Yeah, why not? N Y A S H A M C. That's where you can <laughs> find me. I can answer while I'm in school and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. So go follow Nayasha on Twitter. Send her all of your intimate thoughts and questions. <laughs> and thanks for coming on again. Thanks for having me. All right, that was episode 15. Uh, thanks to my guest, Nayasha, for coming on and sharing her jewels and wisdom about mental health. Thank you guys for listening. Um, again, like I said, I will have show notes on thebooniebreakdown.com with some of the resources that Nayasha mentioned. Uh, you can share those with friends along with the podcast or use the resources yourself. Again, when you're sharing the podcast, hashtag the Booney Breakdown, hashtag pod and P-O-D-I-N. That's it for me. Until next time.